the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my turn. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. We might have a little fun along the way. It's the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Program that's dedicated to protecting preserving and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. It's great to be with you today. It's great to get together every week at this time. Always enjoy this time we have together. Have a course, as we've been talking about pretty much all year, we are involved in a extremely important election season. One is certainly one of the most interesting and exciting of my life. I would actually say the most. But of course, as you also know, that a big part of our focus when we get into election time is not only observing and keeping up with what's happening in the presidential race, but also taking a very close look at the local races. And so we're very pleased today to be joined on the Roger Franklin Williams show by Mr. Peter Vivaldi. And he is a candidate for state Senate, a very important position. In fact, he's a Republican candidate. He will not be on the ballot uh, this coming Tuesday because there's no other candidate in the Republican race. He will be, he's the de facto Republican nominee uh, but he will be on the ballot in November um, uh, facing um, you know, a liberal Democrat. That's one thing we know. <laughs> so um, we, there's going to be some major issues in, in this, this campaign, and we're going to uh, talk to Mr. Vivaldi about why he's running, about the, the, what's at stake in this campaign, and, and the, the, the issues that he stands for and represents and advocates. Uh, uh, Peter, thank you for coming over to join us. Roger, thank you for having me. It's a, a privilege and an honor to be on your show. First of all, just tell us, and I want to get into the the nut, the, the nuts and bolts and the meat of why you're running and the dynamics there, but first of all, just tell us a little bit about what you, what you do in, in your professional life and a little bit about your life right now. Sure. A little bit about my history. I've been in Central Florida for 37 years, so I moved here in 1978. My dad uh, was a full-time pastor at the time. Uh, he just turned 84. He retired several years ago, uh, but we've been uh, active in the community. I was a youth pastor for about 20 years. And still very active in my church, still work with a lot of uh, associations, church associations. Um, but after that, I, when I uh, left uh, youth pastoring, I worked with AT&T, uh, worked as a corporate uh, manager and then a project manager with them. And now we own a, a small company. It's called Orlando Creative Group. Uh, we do a lot of marketing and consulting work, still working with a lot of nonprofit uh, schools and with churches, uh, helping them uh, maneuver through uh, getting loans uh, for their projects and helping them make sure that they don't uh, make errors when it comes to uh, their funding. So we're, we kind of like uh, help them be watchdogs for what they're doing. Uh, also, uh, we, we do a lot of translation services. I am uh, originally from New York, but my parents are from Puerto Rico, so I speak Spanish fluently. And so that's a, a, a big benefit that we have uh, that I believe we bring to this, uh, this race uh, because it is a, a district that has just recently changed. Uh, as you're aware, uh, with the congressional lines changing, uh, I live in the area of Windermere, which we lost uh, Daniel Webster uh, because of the congressional lines drawn. 
And uh, the concern was what's going to happen now with the state Senate seat, because that also changed. Kelly Sturgill was our uh, state senator uh, until recently. Uh, she is right now, but once this uh, election process takes place, then there'll be a new state senator sitting in this seat. And so that's why, and that's one of the main reasons why I was motivated to, to get back into the, the uh, election process. And just uh, so our listeners will know, to paint a picture for them, uh, the big chunk of this particular state Senate seat that you're seeking is in Osceola County, and then also a big chunk of South, what I would term South Orange County. South like, Orange County, absolutely. Kind of east to west, if you will. Yes, sir. Like 50, going all the way over to, to Windermere. 55% of the district is Osceola, 45%. So it's almost a 50-50 split, Orange-Osceola. Um, but it is uh, uh, huge because we're talking about Lake Nona, which we know about Medical City, the airport, we know about what's happening there. Uh, the importance of what that means to this district, uh, the, the area of Dr. Phillips uh, has been around for a long time. Same thing with Windermere, that's municipality and, and the, the unincorporated Orange County. And then all of Osceola, which includes Kissimmee, St. Cloud, Poinciana. Polk County is no longer a part of it. So uh, Polk County now sits completely in Kelly Sturgill's uh, area. But that's why this is so important. For, for years now, uh, Senator Darren Soto has been the senator for this seat. Now, Senator Soto has... Um, given up the seat to run for Congress. So now he's running for District 9 in the, in the congressional seat, uh, which was held by Alan Grayson at that time. So now this has completely changed. The demographic has changed. The numbers have changed. Um, there's still a challenge ahead for, for myself, um, but we feel very confident because of the fact of our background and what we've done in the community um, and how we can, when we have a pathway to victory. Um, but that's why it's important to share that with your audience with folks that are out there that are learning about it. I think all politics are local. Yes, we have a huge national um, presence happening now, and it seems to be um, uh, taking over. But we need to focus on the state. And, and Roger, the most important thing of this is not just me winning for four years, but in the next two years, the state of Florida is going to vote for a new governor. And and folks don't even realize, you know, because they're looking so much at the presidential and now focusing on the fact that in two years we will have a new governor. And, uh, you know, our governor, Rick Scott, has done a great job when it comes to economic development, growth, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, we don't agree with everything that anyone will do, but he's done a great job. And I think that now in the next couple of years, you know, state Senate seat is a four year run. Uh, but in two years, uh, we're going to be the difference maker on that I-4 corridor uh, when it comes to the Hispanic vote, when it comes to uh, our next uh, governor. And I think that that's another key factor that people need to take into account. Great point. A lot at stake. And um, I'm glad you had a chance to talk about the actual geographical boundaries. And that's one thing I want to emphasize to our listeners, because, you know, for many years, a lot of these uh, state representative districts, state Senate districts, congressional districts have been you know, fairly similar. People get used to having a fairly similar um, district. I mean, of course, they change a little bit from every every reapportionment period, every 10 years. But as you pointed out, uh, Peter, this is a uh, dramatic changes in many of the state representative districts, state senate districts, congressional districts, and the area that you're that you're seeking to represent is one of those yes, areas. Now, I'd like to now talk about why that you are seeking this position to serve in the state senate. Well, I think the biggest issue was uh, I wasn't seeking to run a, a, several months ago. It's just I got very heavily engaged during the time when uh, the Supreme Court decided uh, what they did when it came to. Uh, to marriage, how they were going to redefine marriage. It wasn't a vote. It was a, the judges decided that. Um, now, as a Christian and as a person who has my faith, I'm not going to be compromising my faith because the judges decided that this is the way it should go. Uh, we then got involved with uh, our, our legislator, Scott Plankin, uh, 
Bob Cortez here in Seminole County. And I started doing advocacy work with several pastors, and especially in the Hispanic community, uh, informing them of what was going on. They were alarmed, and they wanted to see what we call the Pastors Protection Act that was signed into law by by the governor. Uh, But we had a battle. We had a battle with the Senate. The Senate didn't even want to talk about it. They didn't even want to bring it to committee. Um, And that was one of the things that we had phone calls made. We emailed. So finally we got, um, and, and Roger, the most amazing thing is, you know, when you're looking at a Senate committee, uh, especially the judicial, that's run by run, uh, Republicans, why weren't they going to bring this to the table? So it was kind of a scary thought that they wouldn't even want to talk about it. So we went out kind there. Kind of like the Washington Republicans. Hey, it's kind of like the Washington, right. <laughs> so when we started seeing this, we're like, you know, hey, where where can we go? We've got pastors worried about the fact that if they decide not to marry, you know, So the Pastors Protection Act, of course, that was passed in Texas was, you know, brought here. Um, I think there was a lot of conversations brought, you know, Equality Florida, Planned Parenthood, all these folks that came up there. Um, But we brought a lot of folks, and and it was an amazing time for us during that three-week session to see it finally pass, to go through the Senate, to go through the uh, House of Representatives, and the vote. You know, I was going to leave until I saw that vote go through. So to see that, um, we felt accomplished. But one of the big things that happened is I learned about the Senate seat, uh, being open now with uh, Mr. Uh, Soto leaving, and an opportunity came. I'm, I've lived in Windermere. I've lived, like I said, in Central Florida 37 years. And so I said, what an opportunity we have. And then when I found out who was going to be running on the other side, or possibility, because we still don't know until Tuesday, like you said, um, I was concerned because I said this person voted against this. This this po- person posed themselves and called themselves a Christian. And in the Hispanic churches, when you say you're a Christian, it's a big thing. And the pulpits were open to them, and they were talking to these pastors and saying, hey, we want your support. But when it came to Tallahassee, uh, I kind of like started reporting back to them, this person voted against it. Let's look at the voting record. They voted against this. They voted against that. So there's a lot of things. There's a voting record out there that sits elongated. And I, as a person who lived in this district, want to be presented correctly. I may not be the most perfect candidate. I may not be the most, but I know that my values uh, supersede. Uh, even other things, the party. Um, so to me, it was really important that uh, we had a candidate. And so after seeking and getting support from all nine state legislators, from mayors, uh, yesterday we just got supported by the city commissioner uh, in the city of Orlando, uh, Jim Gray, who lives in Lake Nona, Lake Nona area airport. Um, it's big for us. So we, we know that we have the right message, and we believe that we can take it uh, not just here, but also make sure our voice is heard up in Tallahassee. Friends, you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. We're speaking with Mr. Peter Vivaldi. He's a candidate for Florida State Senate. He is a de facto Republican nominee. He will be on the ballot in November facing uh, the Democrat candidate, and that'll be decided uh, in this upcoming primary election. Now, now that we've gotten into issues, Peter, why don't we go ahead and get into some of the meat? Now, one of the things that is very important to you is is, uh, something called the Pastor Protection Act. And I don't know how widely that is known to the general public, and I'd like to address it because it's a crucially you know, important issue, important to me. I know it's important to the people who listen to our show. And uh, we've got about two minutes before we take our break. If you can just hit that you know, briefly and kind of flesh that out. And so I think so that people know the parameters because you and, and whoever your potential opponent is, the, the Democrat candidate, are, are at opposite ends on, on this particular issue. Absolutely. And that's going to be one of the issues that I'm sure once we get to debate, uh, we'll be debating about um, and how he feels about it. But the fact is, this law that was placed in, and I want a lot of the radio listeners to understand, this is not an offensive law. This is a defensive law. In other words, 
if someone comes to a pastor, to a synagogue, to, to whatever uh, religion they, they, they want to practice, and that minister or that leader decides not to marry a couple for whatever reason, it's not just because same sex, it could be any reason, that law is in place to kind of sit there and say, listen, you cannot sue a pastor or a leader because they decided not to marry you. Uh, I heard this great in the legislature. They said, it's kind of like you're driving your car and you have a seatbelt on, right? But you know you have an airbag. But you never want to use the airbag because you know if you've used it, something has caused the airbag to to uh, deploy. So this is what that is. It's a defensive law. It's not an offensive law. That's for something to use. Uh, like they say, it's a hate law. It's, it is not. This is completely to defend the rights of those. And I think that that's what we need to do. We need to be defending the oh, rights absolutely. of our Absolutely. It's very important. And it's... um. A lot of people are just kind of afraid that this is the next shoe to drop or, or literally attacks by the left, by the government, if you will, um, you know, on the religious community, on people of faith, on churches, on pastors um, in, in this whole issue. So I'm, I'm glad that you're passionate about it, passionate about defending religious freedoms, our First Amendment religious freedoms and our freedom in general. And um, it's great to have you share with our listeners about it. Well, friends, we're going to go to our, our break right now. I want to let you know you're listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, presented by our friends over at Sheeler Auto Repair, and you'll hear more about those guys a little bit later in our show. Uh, please stay with us. We'll be right back. And this is my Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Central Florida's connection to news, views, and interviews. Important to you. And this is my turn. And now, back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you this morning as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. Of course, on our program, the Roger Franklin Williams Show, we do that from a perspective that honors America's founding traditions of God, family, and country. And of course... As you know, and as we have for many years during election time, we're taking a hard look at the local elections. Um, and the way that we do that on our program is we bring the candidates directly to you, the candidates and the elected officials directly to you to have an opportunity to speak with you directly and so that you can hear them directly without a filter of the other media. We're, today we're speaking with Mr. Peter Vivaldi. He's a candidate for a very important position, Florida State Senate. In fact, when I say very important position, I think many people, even people that follow politics closely, don't really realize the magnitude uh, of the um, and the power of the state senate uh, of, that has to make decisions that affect our lives, and that's why this position is, is very important. Um, now, we were speaking with Mr. Peter Vivaldi when we went to break about some specific issues, and once again, if you're just joining us, I'll define the parameters he's a candidate his district is a is a newly constructed district like a lot of them are this time that's why we need to pay particularly close attention to all these races and the geographical area that he will he would be representing he's seeking to represent is a big portion of of osceola county uh, and also a big portion of south orange county east to west all the way from lake nona on the east all the way back over to windermere dr phillips area on the west that's the area that we are talking about right now he is um, essentially the Republican nominee. There was no other Republican candidate. He'll be representing the Republican Party in the general election, and um, there are two Democrats that will face off in the upcoming Tuesday election to decide who his opponent will be. Um, of course, either one of those, there'll be dramatic differences between Mr. Vivaldi on the issues and whoever these, uh, whichever one of these people is elected. Now, let's get back. Uh, Peter, we were talking about the Pastor Protection Act, which you have fought for at, at the grassroots level, and you've uh, fought for religious freedom in Tallahassee 
as a grassroots activist. What are some of the other major issues um, that are important to you and that, that you would be speaking out on and, and advocating if you were to be elected? Sure. We've got the issue with education, which is huge. Uh, just uh, a week ago, uh, the appeals court uh, dropped the lawsuit that the FEA or the, the uh, union, uh, teachers union, was trying to bring up against the state because of the uh, scholarships. Um, so we've got to the step-up scholarships, different things like that, um, are given to children, underprivileged children. Right now there's 80,000, uh, and of those, I would say 80% are minority, Hispanic, African-American. Uh, these are scholarships that are given to students uh, that are qualified, and they go to private school. So they go to specifically, let's say, a Christian school. Well, the lawsuit comes in so that, they're saying, you know, we don't need to be spending our money. Uh, that money should be going to public schools. And we know the public school system has failed us. Uh, my wife is a public school teacher. Uh, we know that there's a lot of need in public school. But we also need to understand that I'm of the proponent believe that the money should follow the child. Uh, the, I was asked in an interview even earlier today, uh, what do you think about uh, the school system and what's going on? You know, who's profiting? And I'm like, the students are definitely not profiting. You know, I think education should profit the student. And, and nor, nor are the teachers, from what I understand. Nor are the teachers. The teachers those, are the, those are the two elements that the, are the reason they exist. The two key elements, you just said it, Roger, teachers and students, are they profiting? No. But there's a lot of folks that are profiting from it. The testing systems, all everything that's happening. So there's a lot of money that's being spent, lots of money that's being spent, uh, that really is not helping the student, and it's not helping. Right now we talk about college and, and uh, the debt that our students are going into. That's the national thing. Yes, it's a local thing as well. But let's realize this. A lot of our students are not going to go to college. So what are we going to do with that? those students that are, we, we identify them going into high school, you know, our trades, our skills. You know, we don't even have skilled workers anymore, Roger. We've, we've you know, and the fact is these skilled workers could be earning $20, $25, $30 an hour. Instead, I have an opponent that's going to come out of the left that's going to tell you the way we create jobs is by mandating a $15 an hour salary. Now, I don't believe in that, and my message has been clear, especially those in Osceola County who are listening. We have a lot of Hispanic small business owners in Osceola County. I talk to them on a daily basis, and I ask them, what would happen to your supermarket that you have 30 employees if you have to be mandated to pay $15 an hour? What happens to the restaurant owner that opened two restaurants, you know, blood, sweat, and tears to build up the economy, and all of a sudden they have to pay $15 an hour? You know, these jobs are not set for life. They're a stepping stone, but we, on the state level, have to come up with a plan. If we're going to invest money, let's invest it wisely. Right now, Roger, I don't know if you're aware, but there are waiting lists for kids who want to get into trade schools because there's no funding for it. So why aren't we funding even that? We're looking at a lot of other issues that really do not, that that affect, are going to affect us every day. I believe that we need to have skilled workers. If we're going to bring companies that are going to, like these semiconductors, uh, Amacar, uh, farm projects that are happening in Osceola County, we could bring those high-paying jobs out there, but we have to have the workforce, and we don't have that workforce. That's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. And once again, uh, you know, Peter, one of the friends who are listening to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, we're speaking with Mr. Peter Vivaldi. He's a candidate for Florida State Senate. He is, will be the Republican nominee in that race, and he'll face um, the Liberal Democrat um, in the general election. Now, Peter, I'm really. Inter- I mean, it's great that you're. The things you're talking about are are issues that affect real people where they live and work, and I'm really happy to see that. And I agree with you a lot about the education system. You have a lot of insight because 
been speaking with some of the teachers and administrators, and there's some serious problems with public education in Florida. There's another way to put it. You mentioned the testing. I, I think the testing's kind of gotten out of control. Mm-hmm. Maybe at one time, maybe testing and accountability and all that was was good, but I, I, I think there, I think the students are and the teachers are too overly tested, too overly regulated. But anyway, without getting off on that tangent, um, and I think your 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 ideas are great about uh, vocational education. And and one thing you also a lot of these people that that have college degrees are are, are either unemployed or underemployed. Underemployed, absolutely. So yeah, we had definitely the system's out of whack. We need to have more people uh, being trained to to trades that actually serve the economy, serve people, generate good incomes, generate the solid future um, jobs and occupations and careers. So I'm, I'm with you 100 on that. Now, um, what else is um, important to you? Well, you just brought it up. The jobs. The job issue is everybody wants a job. You know, under uh, we are definitely <laughs> underemployed, and a lot of people say, "Well, that," but the employment rate is where it is. But it's underemployment when we're looking at. The fact that the cost of living keeps going up. Uh, there's still foreclosures going on, Roger. I mean, I know that that hasn't been in the middle of the news as much as, you know, uh, but there still has been, you know, still the market is out there where, yeah, we're selling homes, but you're seeing the prices have not risen to where they were at one time. A lot of folks are still under the water. A lot of folks are still figuring out what am I going to do? How am I going to make a better future for my family? You know, we have to figure out a way to work together with the community, to work together. My I have a challenge, not just in running for Senate, but remember, I've got to work with now the city of Orlando. I have to work with the county of Orange County. I have to work with the city of Kissimmee. I have to work with the uh, uh, county of Kissimmee because my district falls in all four categories. So when we're talking about monies being dispersed coming into this district, you know, it's going to be a challenge because we're looking now. I know I heard uh, recently speaking to the governor that, you know, he feels he's going to get challenged up in the House of Representatives uh, to help him to uh, get incentives for companies to come here and that they're not going to give him the funding that maybe he needs to have. I think that's wrong. I think we've, we've gone in the right path and we need to continue to do the same thing. Someone asked me the other day, uh, do you, are you in favor of building a wall? I said, absolutely. Can we build a wall around Washington, D.C.? to make sure we don't get these mandates down to Florida. Because I believe that Florida can run itself. I think it's a great state. You know, we're in competition with Texas. We're in competition with other. And I think we have done a good job, but we need to continue. Um, you know, I don't think uh, raising taxes is the answer. I think there are ways of doing things uh, that, that will protect our religious freedoms, our, our religious liberties. But at the same time, let's figure out what we can do with education. Let's not continue to burden our teachers. They're not able to teach. You know, they're spending... 91 days work regulation of course you know uh, i see it because i live with a teacher at home so i know what she's oh, going yeah. through um i know in orange county and it's probably not orange county is probably not that unique teachers are flooding out of the profession uh we're, we're losing uh teachers in florida which is a shame because of all these you know, difficult working conditions. i don't know if people realize there's 300 job openings for teachers in orange county i mean that's how serious it is and so we have overcrowding of classrooms that's still happening there are things, yeah, we voted to trim that down, but a lot of teachers are going away. A lot of folks, you know, the 21st century, you know, everybody has a computer now. Everything is online, Google uh, Teacher. It's, it's, it's amazing to see the changes that have happened. But, you know, I think we need to continue to do the best we can. And it just seems like we keep burdening teachers, we keep burdening administrators, uh, not giving them the tools that they need to teach, not just uh, uh, test uh, our students. Great, and I, I absolutely, and I, just before we leave that, top, leave that topic, um, I think a lot of it just kind of starts, there's there's too much uh, concentration of power in Washington and probably in Tallahassee, you know, telling 
the teachers and the students what they need to do. And yeah, I think we need to get a bit more of a local control of, of our of our schools because it's the people's in, in the communities that know the best about how to how to teach their kids and uh, train their kids up and um anyway that, that's another and, and you and i can have this conversation all day as far as common sense thinking right because right. i think that's where we lie yeah exactly right you know this republican party the democratic party we need common sense thinking that's all we need you know, someone's going to go up that's there. a great point and i think that's both both parties presidential elections Reflect that because mm-hmm. I think that you know for whatever reasons the hard and fast quote unquote party system it just hasn't hasn't worked very well and we need people that um, think from a common sense uh, zero based kind of a kind of a perspective and I think that's why Trump did well so well in the Republican end and that's why Bernie Sanders did so well in the other end it, 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 a lot of dissatisfaction with the with the way things are working and I think a big part of that element is just flat out lack of lack of common sense thinking and we have that opportunity and I and I'm I'm, I'm grateful for you George for bringing us on and letting folks know about our race because I think it's very very key and crucial and we want people to get involved and understand why we're running well before we go friends we're speaking with Mr. Peter Vivaldi, Peter Vivaldi candidate for Florida State Senate and his area is South Orange County and a big part of Osceola County. Uh, why don't you tell people how they can reach you? Absolutely. Uh, there's two ways. Uh, they can call us at 407-967-9964. Again, at 407-967-9964. Visit our website, www.petervivaldi.com, and get information about what we're, what we're doing and what we're all about. Well, it's great. Thank you for spending some time with us, sharing your great ideas, and we look forward to having you back uh, before look your general election. Look forward to it. And I want to give a shout-out to our friend Raul Lugo for setting this up. Thank you, for our, thank you Raul. Good, got a good man here. Yeah. <laughs> Friends, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, we'll continue to talk elections and local elections on today's edition of the Roger Franklin Williams Show, presented by Porky's Original Barbecue, a pop can by our friends over at Florida Door Solutions. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. News, views, and interviews important to you. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Literally, more so than any time in my lifetime, this political election will affect us in our community, our state, and our nation more than any other, I think, in the last 50 years at least. All the way from the president, all the way down to our local offices, especially, of course, the presidential race. Um, but we're also had, we always pay a particular put a particular focus on the local races on our program. We have done that for many, many, many years, and that's a big part of our program throughout this election process. A very important race in Seminole County, and it's also a low profile race. So that's one reason we talk so much about it. Is the race for clerk of court and comptroller for Seminole County, and that's a. a position that literally affects all citizens of Seminole County in some way um, directly where they live and work. And we have one of the candidates with us joining us today, Mr. Grant Malloy. Before we go to Grant, I just want to let you know that our program, the Roger Franklin Williams Show, is sponsored by our friends over at Porky's Original Barbecue. And of course, you know about the great sandwiches and other great dishes that Porky's has, which includes the monster ribeye sandwich, sandwich the famous monster ribeye sandwich, their own unique Barbecue Cuban, their pig dip, which is a sliced pork on pressed Cuban bread served with au jus, and of course the big Mac Daddy Burger, which is a huge chunk of ground beef, 
covered in macaroni and cheese, as well as many, many other great dishes like their beef tips, which are smoked ribeye, grilled onions and mushrooms and peppers and tomatoes and great brisket, pulled pork and sliced pork and other so many other great dishes. I do want to let you know about, since we're talking uh, local politics here, about another great thing that Porky's has to offer, and that's the Sheriff Kevin Berry Feast for Four. And that is one pound of spear ribs, a half chicken, a half pound of pork, four large sides, and four pieces of garlic toast for just thirty-seven forty-nine. Anyway, that's just a small sample of the great, wonderful food that they have at Porky's, which will definitely fill you up. So get over to see Steve and the gang today in Apopka. They're located 256 East Main Street. And of course, on Wednesdays, don't forget to ask about the Wednesday Hump Day Special. You need to ask for it because it's not on the menu, and that's the best lunch value anywhere in Central Florida, and the most best tasting as well. Porky's Original Barbecue, a popkin. Let's back to, or back to Grant Malloy, candidate for Seminole County Clerk of Court and Comptroller. Grant, you know, you've been joining us through this campaign. Why don't you, um, I'll just let you start and bring us up to date and share whatever you'd like to at this moment with the voters here in the crucial last 72 hours before the election. Thank you, Roger. Boy, I tell you, I have been having a blast this campaign. My volunteers and I have uh, gone out, and we figure we've hit about 30,000 homes since January. And it's a real pleasure talking to people. I meet a lot of great people out there, hear a lot of great stories. And it's so it's so different being out there and talking to uh, the Republican voters that are going to vote in this primary. And you know, and then you get around a, a hobnob or something, and you, you see all these politicians go around that are so out of touch. I mean, there's there's a, they don't have a clue what's going on with the average uh, voter out there. So it's been a really great experience. The early voting has started. Uh, it ends Saturday. Uh, then Tuesday, uh, August 30th, is the uh, uh, election day, uh, 7 to 7. And uh, we have had a great time talking to voters. Uh, you know, Marion Morris is retiring. Uh, she is uh, supporting me as the best qualified candidate. I've got uh, a plan on my website at grantmalloy.com, G-R-A-N-T-M-A-L-O-Y.com. Uh, give me a call if you have any questions, 407-928-2397. We feel really positive and pumped up. We're out waving signs and just trying to to kick this in the final gear. So we need everybody to turn out the vote. I'm the lowest funded candidate. I'm not backed by the political insiders. They are gearing up against me. They don't want uh, somebody that's an independent, you know, citizen-focused candidate being in the comptroller and clerk's office because this is basically the checks and balances over county government. You keep an eye on the politicians. You uh, and make sure they're not wasting our money, and you uh, run the courthouse. The judges don't run it. The uh, cops don't. There's an independent clerk does. You're the checks and balances for the people over county government, and I really look forward to serving there uh, if uh, if I am so happen to be elected. But I've really been having a great time, and appreciate your support and so many other people that have really helped out. Friends, we're speaking with Grant Malloy. He's a candidate for Seminole County Clerk of Court and Comp Trailer. He will be on the ballot Tuesday. Um there's a lot of activity going on now, which you know generally happens, especially in hotly contested races. Is there anything you'd like to address based on what's in the mail, or you know, um, you know, hearsay, or you know, going back and forth, that type of thing? Yeah, Roger. Uh, you know, ever since I started this last year, I've been warning people on, on most of my flyers, and when I knock on the door and talk to people, I say, be on the lookout for out of the area political committees that put out uh, you know vicious attacks or make up lies or groups you never heard of. I said they have a history in Seminole County of trying to influence our local races. And I can read these insiders like the back of my hand. It's exactly what they're doing. There's a couple packs of weighed in, one from Tallahassee helping out one opponent. And, and this is literally thousands of dollars they're spending for a little race 
for a uh, you know a county clerk race? Why are the insiders trying to take over this office? And then last week, another opponent, his political consultant, and uh, another political insider formed a committee called uh, what was it called? Uh, Citizens for Central Florida's Future. Sounds all rosy and cheery, but if you look it up online, it's just a couple insiders funneling more money for the other candidate. So I'm the only candidate that doesn't have a political consultant tell me what to say. I don't have PAC set up. But, uh, you know, this is what happens in local politics. You have to be very discerning what you get in the mailbox, what you hear. You have to uh, check it out, make sure it's factual. But there is a, a strong desire for political insiders to take over this position because they don't want somebody like me in there that's going to keep an eye and keep them on it. So, um, again, it's, uh, my prediction came true. But if you want a, a clerk candidate that's going to, you know, keep an eye on the politicians, make sure they're not wasting their money and protect that independence of the courthouse. Uh, I'm the guy. So hope uh, people vote Grant Malloy on Tuesday. No, Grant, why don't you talk about the role of the Seminole County Clerk of Court and Comptroller in terms of being the watchdog over other elected officials, other politicians, county commission specifically, because I think that's kind of a little unique twist that maybe the Seminole County office has that maybe other county offices don't have, or even if it does, it's a kind of a something that I think most citizens aren't really aware of. Can you talk about that role and, and how you would be best prepared to serve in that serve as that watchdog. Sure. And uh, Simmel County has the old traditional uh, style of clerk and comptroller. Orange County has it a little different because they're two separate offices that are both independent. But in Simmel County, it's still one office. So the comptroller, to me, is probably the most important part of county government. You basically hold the checkbook for the county commission. So you get to keep an eye on the county commissioners and on county government to make sure that money that is being spent is being spent legally and properly and uh, that is not, you know, uh, being wasted. There's no fraud or abuse going on. There's a, a toll-free phone number people can call to report waste, fraud, or abuse. So you basically hold the checkbook and you keep an eye on the local government to keep it honest. That's a very, very important uh, position. So some of the reasons why I'm best for that is, is one, it's always been a passion of mine to protect tax dollars because I view it as our freedom. When we work and we make a, you know, a dollar, that's represents our freedom. When we give that dollar to the government, we've lost our freedom, and now we hope they spend it in a way that helps us, or if they don't, we've just basically been robbed. So when I was on the county commission, I well, before the county commission, I led a chapter of Citizens Against Government Waste for several years, educating voters on, on uh, proper role of government and how to make it work more efficiently. And then when I got on the commission, you know, I, I stuck to those principles. I, I voted against every trip to Europe that these uh, politicians took. I voted against all the corporate welfare and crony deals they would give out. Uh, often the campaign contributors, which uh, basically legalized stealing. They would take taxes from every business in the county and then go give it to one or two. Um, it just was the wrong thing to do. So I would stand up to them and and had that courage to do so. And then I showed by personal example where, you know, I never charged taxpayers for one penny for travel. I paid for it out of my own pocket. Uh, I couldn't see charging taxpayers to drive to their homeowners meeting like the other commissioners were doing. And I even turned down a pension. I thought it was wrong that these part-time politicians, after six years in office, a part-time job, get vested in a pension system. They get on the gravy train. So I opted out of that, and that returned over $100,000 back to the general funds. I try to lead by example. So I have a track record of, uh, of protecting tax dollars, and I have a track record also of protecting the office. And there was a, a movement in the year uh, 2006 to try to strip that independent comptroller office away and place it underneath the county commission. This would have been the fox guarding the hen house was a bad idea, and the, fo- the voters rejected that overwhelmingly, and I helped lead that effort to protect that comptroller's office. And I'll let you know, right now, both other candidates are okay with that going up for another vote and potentially being stripped away. We don't want that. 
We want to have that independent checks and balances. We don't want the insiders keeping an eye on themselves. So those are some reasons why I'm, I'm definitely the best candidate. And I'm a business owner, too. And uh, when, you ha- when you do that, you wear a lot of hats, and you're protecting every penny. And that's how I, I treat my personal life. And that's how I treat it when, when uh, I was in office and how I would in the future. Or every penny needs to be spent properly and efficiently. Now, we're speaking with Grant Malloy on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. He's a candidate for Seminole County Clerk of Court. Now, got about a minute before we go to our next break. Why don't you take that and just uh, let people know how they could help if they were inclined to on the campaign here in these uh, waning days and hours. Right. Uh, the main thing is get on get on the phone, get on your emails, text, share on Facebook, let all your friends know vote Grant Malloy. I've been outspent, you know, vastly in this in this race by the uh, political insiders. So I definitely need you to share the word. Everybody out there, vote Grant Malloy. Get him out the turn, turnout. to be very, very low turnout. If you need a yard sign or information, you can give me a call or visit my website, grantmalloy.com. That's G-R-A-N-T-M-A-L-O-Y.com. Or call me at 407-928-2397. But the main thing now is go out and vote. You can vote early. You can vote on Tuesday. Take your friends. Take your neighbors. You know, Let people know at Sunday school. Uh, let people know at your clubs. Get everybody out to vote Tuesday. And even if you don't know who to vote in the other races, you can still vote for Grant Malloy in the comptroller and clerk's race and turn in that ballot. Maybe you know two or three races to vote on. You don't know some others. You don't have to vote in every race. Just vote on the ones you know. So those would be great things to do to help, and I appreciate your help too, Roger. Thank you, Grant. Wish you all the best. Friend Grant Malloy, friend Trent Grant Malloy, candidate for Seminole County Clerk of Court and Comptroller. We're going to go to break right now. Before we do, I want to remind you that our program is sponsored by our friends over at Florida Door Solutions. In the best old-school tradition, Florida Door Solutions gives back. They support the local schools, youth sports, Little League, and the Debbie Turner Cancer Care Center. Find out more about Florida's best garage door company at FLADoor.com. At FLADoor.com. We'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Central Florida's connection to news, views, and interviews. Important to you. And this is my time. And now, back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome back. Roger Franklin Williams Show. Thank you for the opportunity to join you. Of course, the Roger Franklin Williams Show is a program that's dedicated to protecting America's founding traditions of God, family, country. Preserving, defending, and protecting. Hope you're enjoying the show today. Very exciting time. You know, local elections are always have always been very exciting to me. I know that it is to you. And it's great to have the candidates come over, talk to them directly, find out what they're all about. And it's great to be able to share uh, these candidates and, and their perspectives and their backgrounds uh, and their approaches with you. And I think it, think it really helps. It helps decide who to vote for and sort everything out. Now in our final segment, I want to talk about the presidential race once again. <laughs> most exciting race of my lifetime. I think it's very interesting, and, and we'll get into that and just kind of share some of my impressions here at this moment in time. Before we talk about that, though, I want to let you know, of course, that if you're looking for a place that will care for your car, truck, SUV, other vehicle with old-school honesty, integrity, and dependability, I urge you to get over to see Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheeler Auto Repair. No job is too big or too small for the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheila Auto Repair. In fact, that's where I take my car. They're located 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka. Be sure to tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Also want to remind you about the Porky's Hump Day Special. Every Wednesday at Porky's, all day long, lunch and dinner. And in between is the Porky's Hump Day Special. 
That's Porky's famous jumbo pulled pork sandwich. Two sides, two of their excellent sides, and in some cases unique sides, and a drink for just six seventy-five. All day, every Wednesday at Porky's Original Barbecue, a popular the Porky's Hump Day special. You have to ask for it, though. It's not on the menu. So get over to, if you know, want to celebrate getting over the hump uh, this Wednesday or any other Wednesday, get over to see and uh, celebrate over at Porky's and ask for the Porky's Hump Day special. It's the best lunch day value anywhere in Central Florida. It's the most delicious, too. Now back to our discussion here in our waning moments of the presidential campaign. Just a few impressions that I have. One thing, I, I would just kind of continue to urge everyone, I'm urging everyone that I know personally, and I'm telling myself this as well, that what we're going to have from this moment forward, and we've already started to witness it, is an all-out attack on Donald Trump by all vestiges of the, quote, establishment in America, primarily funneled through and utilizing the mainstream media and the popular culture uh, to try to basically destroy Trump's presidential candidacy or Trump try and destroy him in the process if they can. What do I mean by popular culture? Well, what I mean is we are now in a situation where we're not just looking at, it's not just the, quote, news media that participates in uh, political discourse, if you will. Uh, it's it's everything. It, it's sitcoms have become politicized from a left perspective. Movies, of course, have been politicized for a long, long time. I stopped going to Hollywood movies years ago, mainly well, two reasons. One, just because they're not very good, based on certainly compared to the old school movies that I grew up with, um, the kind you see on American movie classics and so forth, uh, Turner classic movies. But also because there seems to be some kind of a left-wing slant, either subtle or, or blatant, in every movie I, I ever I went I would went to over the when I, before I stopped going. So anyway, my point is, movies are politicized, television sitcoms are politicized, late night television is politicized, entertainment programs such as E Entertainment are politicized. I would argue strongly um, because it's a fact that sports um, national sports media is politicized. ESPN hard um, obvious cultural left slant which is probably one reason they're losing millions and millions of subscribers, by the way, but uh, they either don't, can't figure that out or they don't care. Um, but my point is, so we're not just, you know, even back in the day of Reagan, Reagan was a master at going around the mainstream media, going over the head of the mainstream media, speaking directly to the people. It was one of parts of, one of the many elements of his genius and his communications genius and his political genius. But now, even he didn't have to deal with the situation now. The situation, at least back in those days, it was primarily just the the, the three evening news broadcasts, uh, CBS News, NBC News, ABC News, 60 Minutes, you know, some programs like that. That's pretty much where political discourse was, for the most part, confined, was in the, quote, news division. Well, now it's just spilled over um, into all aspects of the of the multimedia, of the, of the, cult, the popular culture, if you will. Of course, uh, music. Quote popular music. You ever heard the lyrics in any, any of these rap or hip hop songs <laughs> uh, lately? Um, so, and, and 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 what happens is, and there's just so much news now. Cable channels, multiple cable channels, uh, uh, Google services, you know, um, online services, and it's all controlled by the left, by the liberals. Other than just a few small, tiny pockets, such as our station. FM 105.5, The Answer, and AM 660, The Answer, and 1520, WBCW, and then the other stations, uh, WTLN, Christian Radio, 990 La Nueva. Um, Fox News is kind of a little little pocket 
of, of, of conservatism or of traditional American values, traditional America. But, but, for, but for the most, and maybe a few publications, but for the most part, I would say 95 to 99 percent of what we get as Americans coming from, quote, the media slash the popular culture is slanted, at, at the very least slanted to the left or blatantly hard left and and very powerful and very loud and, and not even subtle. And it's and the point I'm getting to is it's still very powerful, and the mainstream media can control the agenda. They do have that power. It's difficult. It's a difficult pill to swallow. It's a difficult concept to to under to to accept. But and I think that's what we're beginning to witness now. Is the and, and we witnessed it before. Um, every time a good solid Republican candidate comes along, or conservative candidate, uh, or a traditional American values candidate, they're destroyed by the by the popular culture. Sarah Palin was a prime example. Over in the in the sports world, Tim Tebow is another prime example. Um, and, and the point I would make there is is I had a lot of people, some people, not a lot because I don't know too many of these kinds of, of these people, but you know, a lot of the more rhino Republican type people or the traditional establishment Republican people had no empathy or sympathy whatsoever with uh, Sarah Palin or, or, or you know weren't too, weren't bothered by the destruction of Sarah Palin by the mainstream media. Well. Um, <laughs> The point that I, I told them at that point was, um, fine, you know, look, it, it's her today. It, 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 it may well be and will be most will be your candidate tomorrow. And that's exactly what happened. Once Romney was able to emerge and Romney got very, very favorable press while he was only running against other Republicans, just like um, that's because he was the more moderate of, of the bunch. Um, now, in terms of reality, now he didn't run. He, he was trying to pretend like he was conservative. But, of course, we all know that was fraudulent. But um and McCain the same way, and that's kind of a primer. McCain, Romney, pretty much any, quote, moderate or rhino or establishment Republican is going to get good press and favorable treatment as long as they're running against other Republicans um, or any kind of true conservative or true outsider. Then once they emerge as the nominee, and this holds true for local politics as well as national politics, it's more explicit, obviously, and easier to see at the national level. Once they emerge as the Republican candidate, just like John McCain did, then just like Romney did, now the destruction process sets in. Uh, remember, uh, McCain used to brag uh, that the, the media was his base, and, and, it, and it was, <laughs> as long as he's running against other Republicans, <laughs> as long as he's in the Republican primary, absolutely. The media, good old John McCain, uh, uh Media was his base. <laughs> you know, they promoted him. They uh, gave him a lot of puff pieces. Never went after him or treated him with kid gloves. Tore tore up his other candidates. Tore them down. Uh, his opponents. That all came to a screeching halt, though, the day that he was the Republican nominee. And now he's going to run against Barack Obama. Dynamics changed dramatically. New York Times did a front page, massive article, three or four pages on the inside, alleging that McCain had had an affair. Well, first of all, is that even news in that day and age after all of Bill Clinton's uh, sleazy behavior, much of it documented, much of it proven? Um, the New York Times is going to make a big deal out of John McCain having an affair, uh, an alleged affair. And the other thing is, even if it was true, big deal, there was not one shred of evidence that it was even true. Not one person went on the record to even say, yeah, this actually happened. Yeah, I saw them together. We've got evidence. We've got uh, you know motel receipts or whatever. No, it, it was just a big fabrication, essentially. Um, at the very least, a massive um over-exaggeration, but my, the reason I mention that is but that's what happens to any Republican, any conservative, once they are competing against the left and against the Democrats. The, 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 they went out of their way to destroy McCain once he became the nominee. Romney, they're writing uh, uh, you know, articles about he's, he's um, mean to his dog, the whole nine yards. I mean, um, any 
anybody who's up against the Democrat, the left-wing candidate, the liberal candidate, is going to get destroyed by the popular culture and the mainstream media. Now, what we're witnessing here in our final two minutes is that's happening to Trump. It's happening at this moment. It's going to happen five minutes from now. It's going to be happening later this afternoon. It's going to be happening first thing in the morning. From here on out, it's going to be 24-7 assault on Donald Trump and his presidential candidacy by the mainstream media and the popular culture. So what I'm telling myself is exactly what I'm going to tell you, and I'm telling you and I'm urging you, don't get distracted by it. Don't get derailed by it. I'm going to tell you right now, all you're going to hear from the mainstream media and the popular culture, uh, CNN, etc., MSNBC, NBC, CBS, ABC, any sitcom you watch, any movie you go to, uh, etc., any magazine um, on the counter at the supermarket, it's going to be anti-Donald Trump. It's going to be hard-edged anti-Donald Trump. It's going to be mean-spirited, destructive anti-Donald Trump. Don't pay attention to it. Don't go around repeating it. Don't repeat it to your friends like I see a lot of well-meaning people do. Um, don't get discouraged by it. Don't get worried about it. It's, it's, it's all a formula. It's, it's, it's all an effort to destroy Trump, destroy his, quote, brand as a presidential Republican candidate and, and cause him to lose the election. It's a tool of the establishment and of the cultural left who at this point um, are, are, are allies. So my point is, in the last 30 seconds, now's the time just to hunker down. Uh, I don't need to tell you what the stakes are in this election. They're obvious. That's why Trump became a, the, the nominee. The stakes are the stakes. The stakes are the future of the country. That, that, that's, that's what the stakes are. The, the Supreme Court, um, whether America is even, even survive as, as we know it as traditional America. So don't get dissuaded. Don't get brainwashed by the liberal media and the cultural left, popular culture. That's my message for today. Have a great week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.